You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Let's do this. Let's get our Bibles out. Let's get our Bibles out. We've got some work to do today. I know most of you are off tomorrow. So, yeah, so we can go as long as we want. And, uh, and I don't have to feel bad about it. All right? How many of you have been with us for the last couple of weeks? How many of you that haven't been here have gone back and listened to prayer uh, week one and prayer week two? I would recommend, if you haven't, please listen to me, okay? That, I, I know it's, it seems self-serving, but I don't get anything out of it. And I'm just saying, I would recommend as your pastor, like, if you've missed something, we have a podcast. You can go on Facebook. You can go back and listen to this stuff. You can get caught up. Uh, you, and what I love about it now is, is, is there are, I think there's over 56, I think there's over 56 podcasts, maybe 58, maybe six, I don't know where we're at now. But there are, you can go back, and if you're like, man, I'm going through this, there are podcasts on stuff that, that you might be going through that I might not be teaching on. The good news is, is the word never grows stale, right? So, so it's not like, well, that was a year ago. It's not applicable today. No, it's still applicable today. And so I just encourage you to take advantage of that and, and to make sure that you're caught up. Because the goal of this, listen, the goal of this is to not just show up and, uh, yeah, I went to church. The goal of all that we are doing is to mature us up, right, to mature us up in the way that so that we can do the calling of God that's on our life, which is to reveal Christ, reveal Christ and the goodness of God to all of those around us. And we've got to be mature to do that. We've got to be mature to do that. And so the Word of God matures us and renews us and restores us. It's the only thing that does it. So I just encourage you to do that because today we're going to kind of wrap up this series on prayer and, and uh, we're going to deal with kind of the last chunk of Matthew uh, chapter 6. So let's get our Bibles out and let's just go there now. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9 and we'll go through 13. Let's pray before we jump into this. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you that you are maturing us all up. Boy, do we need it. Boy, do we need it. Father, I, I, just to be completely transparent, sometimes I, I, I think I'm mature, and yet I, I see, I, I am shocked in some areas by my immaturity. So I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy on all of us. But don't leave us there. Holy Spirit, today, even today, even now, convict us unto life. Convict us unto maturity. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are going to reveal your word to our heart and teach us and change us, and we'll be changed forever, not just for our sake, but for the kingdom's sake. Father, our ears are open today. Our hearts are receptive. In Jesus' name, and everybody would say, amen, amen. 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 Well, we've been talking about prayer, and the first main thing that we had to deal with when we, talked, when we began to talk about it is, what's the point? What is the number one purpose that we have figured out of why is prayer so important? What's the number one thing? Somebody know? You can say this out loud. There it is. Yes. I am so thankful that happened, all right? And for those of you that spoke out, I'll give you your $5 later, okay? All right? 
And uh, listen, it's the number one, the number one purpose of prayer. The number one purpose of prayer is to get us into position. Not, and I repeat, not to get God into the right position. We are not praying God into the position that we need him to be. Prayer forces us to be in the position that we need to be in. For what? So that we can do the very will of God that he desires for our life. Those are two different ways of praying, my friend. When we try to force God and we think somehow, oh, you know what? I can be bold. I can declare to him what he needs to do and what he should do and he will do. I can be bold about that. Man, we can get into some weird dynamics and weird doctrines and we can think way more highly of ourselves than we should. Let me say this one last time before we move on with this series. You and him are not equals. Let me say this again. You and him are not equals. You can be bold going into his presence knowing that through Christ he will not dismiss you, but you are not his equal as if you would dictate to him what needs to happen. Are you following me on this? So the first thing that prayer does is simply this. It positions us. The second thing that we realize, and we dealt with this last week, that the main purpose of prayer is to get us in the proper position, but the main purpose of positioning is to be ready to accomplish his purpose. See, we dealt with that. The positioning part was in Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13, where Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And he starts off, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is that positioning. God, you are the creator. God, you are in heaven, and I am not. I am putting myself in the right position. Now that I'm in the right position, now I can begin to talk about or even contemplate what the purpose of being in that position, and that is what we talked about last week, is to get into that position of going, okay, God, not only are you God and you are the creator and I am not, now in verse 10 it says this, I want your kingdom, meaning your rule, how you set up things, whether I like it or not, I want your rule, your establishment to not just be in the earth, but in my life. And then he says, and I want your will to be done. I want your sovereign will to be done. I want to see your sovereign will move forward. But I also want the very will that I know that you want for my life. Oh, Pastor Chris, but I've always just wanted to know what the will of God is for my life. The good news is, is the Bible tells you what his will is for your life. Be holy, for he is holy. Walk in your ministry of reconciliation. Do the ministry of the church, which is to reveal the manifest wisdom of God to the, to the authorities of the world. That's the will of God. Stop acting like you don't know. Stop acting and deflecting as if it's some mystery. It's not. We just don't like it. Let's just be honest. We just don't like it. But now, all of a sudden, we get into today. So now all of these things that God has now positioned us, we are in the right position. Now all of a sudden we are praying, kingdom come, your rule be established in my life. I want to see your will be done. And now, only now, do we get to where it involves us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I want you to see something real quick before we kind of move into this because I just thought this was a beautiful thing and this is one of those nuggets. This is free. I'm not going to charge you for this. I want you to look at, look at Mark chapter 8. 
Will you go there with me? Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Come on, you know this. This is like felt board stuff. But I want you to just see how the Bible teaches the Bible. And Jesus is never just saying things to say things. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, we all know this verse. It says this. Then he called the crowd to him along with the disciples. And he says this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must do what? Deny themselves. Let's stop there. Deny themselves. Doesn't that sound like this? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I am denying my position as king. I am denying my position as who is, who is in charge here. So he says, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. And then Jesus gives us the prayer on how we walk this out. Deny yourself. Oh, and do what? Then take up your cross. Man, Pastor Chris, I don't know what that means. Well, we do now. Thankfully, the, the, back then, these guys didn't understand the fullness of what that meant. But we don't have, we do know what that meant. And we can see Jesus in the garden where he said, Father, if there can be any other way, if there can be any other way, can you make it so? He asked him three times. And he said, but not my will be done, but your will be done. So not only when he says, I need you to deny yourself, that's that positioning part. If you're going to be my disciple, this is what it looks like. Deny yourself. Now I want you to take up your cross. Well, what does that mean? That is the ultimate example of Jesus saying, Father, your will be done. It's that instrument of saying, Father, today in my life, I'm taking up my cross. I don't, I don't have a cross. I'm not going to get crucified, but I am taking up that mentality of your will unto death be done. And then I love this. And then after that, he says, and follow me. I love that he puts that in order. It's almost as if he knew what he was talking about in Matthew chapter 6. He says, not only am I going to give you a commandment on, on to, this is what it looks like to be my disciple. I'm going to give you a prayer. I'm going to give you a pattern of prayer for you to walk out so your life is shaped and looks like this. Isn't that beautiful? I love that, the, I love that Jesus just goes, doesn't just say, hey, do this. I don't know how to do this. I know you don't. I'm going to tell you how to do it. This is how you do it. I love that he's a practical father. I'm so thankful for that. But so now we get into the today, okay? Now, hey, I want you to write this down because this is kind of the main port or the main crux of today. And I'm going to say this for note takers. We will not see God, and this is in reference to Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13. We will not see God in the latter part of this prayer. Meaning the stuff we're getting ready to get into, the things that we're asking him to do for us, provision, right, guidance, forgiveness, all these things. We will not see the God, we will not see God in the latter portion of this prayer unless we position ourselves under the God of the former part of the prayer while praying in the present from the right position. Did you hear that? Does that make sense? Meaning we're not going to see God the way he wants to be seen when we begin to ask him for our needs and our provision if we're not positioning ourselves under the former part of the prayer, which is God, you are above all, and then praying what we're about to pray through the position of, but God, I just want your will to be done. Like, I'm about to ask you from, for some stuff. I'm about to ask for provision. I'm about to ask for leading. I'm about to ask for all these things. But I'm not praying that in gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm praying that from the position of, but God, I just want your will to be done. Are you following me on this? 
Like this is a beautiful pattern here, okay? So let's just practically kind of break this down because some of us, we've just kind of gotten almost like Pavlov's dog, especially if we have any kind of a, 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 of a Catholicism background. This is a prayer that we kind of pray and we know this and we just, kind of, we just kind of recite it. We just kind of get into these things as if Jesus was giving us a mantra. If you just say this, these magical words, oh, it'll make everything right. No. He's giving us a pattern that's connecting our heart to the heart of God and the patterns of the kingdom. And, and so let's dig into this. Because it says this in verse 11, and we're going to start in verse 11, kind of digging out this truth. Give us this day, what? Our daily bread. And some of you are like, yes, I like bread. I'm a big carb person, right? Some of you are on diets right now, and you think that the word of God is mean in that statement, Right? Some of you are looking at that going, but I'm, I'm doing keto or I'm doing Atkins and I can't have bread. So thanks, God. I appreciate that, right? No, there, there's more to this because, because even in today, think about this. Even in today, the word bread, back then he was actually talking about bread, but there was a bigger scope of this. But even in today's society, in our time frame, bread still kind of represents, even in a slang, provision, Right? Who's the breadwinner in your family, right? Like we talk about that. Like it still represents provision. So it's not an uncommon theme that we have to look into. But I, but I want you to see something. There's something different in this. I love that Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. How many of you know how to make bread? Raise your hand. No, 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 raise your hand real high. How many ingredients, just the simplest of bread can you make? It's about four ingredients, right? Probably make it with like four ingredients. Does anybody know what they are? I do. I mean, I had to Google it. <laughs> I, I, have no, I have no knowledge of that in my house. I have no concept of this. I didn't reach out to sign. I had to Google this. But what is it? Flour, yeast, water, and what? And salt. You can make bread from those four things. But I love, follow me on this. Follow me on this. I love that Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. And I love that he didn't say, give us this day our daily apple. And you say, well, Pastor Chris, that's just silly. Okay, like this is the first time I've ever been silly. I love the fact that he gives us something and he says, give us this day our daily bread. Meaning, when we're praying that, there's an understanding that in that simplest of prayers, there are obviously more things that are going to go in that are needed to accomplish what I'm asking for, but I'm asking, and I'm asking for the completed process, knowing that you're already going to make a way for me to get that salt, for me to get that yeast, there's going to be water, and there's going to be flour. Like, I already know you're going to make all of these ingredients. I'm not worried about that. I'm asking you for something that I know is bigger than I can understand. You follow me on this? It's amazing, sometimes we feel like we have to list out all the things it's going to take for the God of the universe as if he's somehow confused on how to make the request happen for which you are asking. Well, God, you're going to need this, and you're going to need this to make it happen, and you're going to need this to go right, and you're going to need this, and you're going to need this person to say this, and this person to do this, and you're going to need me to make this, and this floodgate's going to have to happen, and, and this is going to have to open up. Father, no, 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 no. I just am thanking you for bread. 
You told me to thank you for the completed work of that which I need. I'm not going to stress or be anxious about where the flour's coming from, where the water's coming from, where the time to bake it, because I think bread takes time to bake, right? It's like six hours, right? Or something like that, right? Maybe not, maybe 30 minutes. I have no idea. Somebody help us. However long it takes, Father, you're going to give me the time. You're going to give me the resources. You're going to give me that which I need. All of this, you just told me to ask for the completed thing of the day. And I love that some of us, man, we go through, we get so anxious. And I love that Jesus is going to go right into, right after Matthew chapter 6, where he's going to tell us how to pray. He's going to then jump right down. If you look, scroll down your Bible. Come on, everybody look down. Act like you're looking at your Bible or people will judge you, right? If you scroll right down, guess what he's going to do? He's going to tell us not to worry about the bread. Not to worry about it. Pray and ask for it, but don't worry about it. Don't get stressed about it. Don't get hung up on it. I got it. I'm a big God. I own it all. It's all mine. And not only that, I'm a good father. The Bible's going to say that what good is a father if his child asks him for a, for, a, for a loaf of bread and he gives him a stone or he asks him for fish and he gives him a snake? Like what kind of father is that? Father, I need provision. And my provision might look different than your provision. And my provision might look different than Ryan and Sonia's. But I'm, I'm asking, Father, I need my provision. But here's the other thing about the daily bread. And because some of us just get hung up into the idea of provision just being finances. Some of us have just locked in that provision is just finances. But this is something I want, to, I want you to see this. In Lamentations, and I want you to go there, and some of you here are like, I don't know where that is. Just keep flipping backwards. <laughs> One of these days, we'll just go through the book of Lamentations, and everybody will be sad. It'll be awesome. In Lamentations chapter 3, starting in verse 22 and 23, it says this, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new when every single morning, great is your faithfulness. You know, something I, I, I always, I don't ask him for these things as if I need to remind him that I need these things. I ask him for these things that I'm about to say. I ask him for these things that, that, that I present to him, not to get him to go, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot that. I do it so that I remind myself that these things are my provision. And part of those things is this, grace, mercy, love, joy, peace, right? These are things that these are my provisions every single day. And every day, every day, I thank him. Father God, I ask you for my provision. But part of that provision is I need my provision of grace today, mercy today, love today, joy today, peace today. Father, I don't want to live off what I had yesterday, and I'm not going to tap into what, I'm not even in tomorrow, so I can't even borrow from that. Father, just give me, you said you're, all of these mercies are new to me every day, and so Father, I just thank you right now that these are new. This is as important as bread, and I'm thankful for that. Father, thank you for your provision. So Jesus says, pray these things. 
pray them in the mindset of, Father, your will be done, right? You guys, you guys remember the first week where I had that box, that empty box? This is us presenting that box and saying, saying, Father, Father, I, I, I need this in my box today. And, and, but I'm doing it in your will. So whatever you want in there, I'll take it. Whatever you don't, I don't need it. That's what I'm praying. And so then he moves on and he says, now, I love this, and forgive us our debts. Some of us pray that we lead with that. Right? Forgive us our debts. And I love this in the, in the, in the I think this is in the Greek where it says, the word forgive there can not only be translated as, as forgiving our debts, but it's also not only forgiving, it's dismissing and setting us free. So Father, I, I'm, I'm asking you now, Jesus is telling us to ask him, please, but not only forgive my debts, God, set me free from that which has bound me. God, don't just pay the price. Father, I know that this paid the price, and I know that I've got sin in my life. I know I still stumble. Father, forgive me, but not only forgive me. I don't want just forgiveness. I want to be set free from that. I don't want you to dismiss the charge of those things. I want you to move me so far away from them. Free me from them. But I love this because there's a caveat to this prayer. And he never, it's amazing. It's amazing how the word of God never separates us asking him to forgive without him demanding and commanding us and almost expecting us that as a believer we are then what? In turn, as we are asking him to forgive us, he is requiring, commanding us to do what? To do what? Forgive who? Yeah, for those that have wronged us. Guys, this, this, we, I'm going to just say this. Uh, we, we get so focused on God forgiving us and forgiving where we fall. And we, 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 just, we just, oh God, I'm broken. It's good. There's a good, that is a good heart. I've always told you, never grow so arrogant that you get far, so far away that you stop repenting. Like that's, that's an arrogance of a believer. Right, but, but he, as a child of God, there is a heaviness to this where he says, I'm asking you to forgive me. But I, in the same breath, Jesus is saying, but I know as I'm asking in my life, something is happening. I am in constantly, constantly forgiving those that have wronged me. As a child of God, there is a command to forgive others, which we can now do. I love this, which we can now do because we are in the proper position to walk this out. Our job is to reveal God to those around us. His love. Like how he loved us while we were yet sinners. See, remember this. Remember we prayed, Father, I want your will to be done. And part of that will is this. As the church. And who is the church? I'll wait. I'm sorry, who? Who's the church? His structure that he designed in the church age for the church, not this building, but for the church. That means you. It says in his word, my will is for the church to reveal the manifest, meaning the fullness of God, to the authorities around us. That makes no sense because I've met us. It's a terrible idea. We're terrible representatives, right? We fall short all the time. But one of the reasons he says... For us, when we require and ask, Father, forgive me of my debts as I am forgiving others, it's so that we do not fail in the command, not request, not hope, 
but the command that God said the church, my church, its job will be to reveal me. And one of the aspects of revealing me is forgiving those that haven't even asked for it. It's forgiving those and walking in love with those that don't deserve it. See, some of you came to the good news of Christ. Some of you sitting in this room, me, some of you came to the knowledge of Christ because you heard the good news that he loved you while you were yet his enemy. And that sparked something in you because that's good news. Because that means I couldn't have earned this. There's nothing I could have done. He's already done what I needed to do. Like, that's good news. But a church whose sole job is to reveal the manifest wisdom of God and the manifest fullness of God that walks around holding bitterness and unforgiveness to others does not represent the God that saved them and is actually walking in sin. Do you hear what I just said? This is not a suggestion. This is not just a pretty part of the prayer. This is not just, hey, you forgive me and you forgive others and then we'll move on because it sounds good as if he's writing a haiku or a Hallmark card. He's not. There is a purpose to accomplishing his will and he requires that those that would be his disciples would deny himself, take up the cross, meaning the fullness of his will, meaning I don't want to forgive these people because what they did was wrong and it hurt me and they haven't asked for forgiveness. They don't deserve my forgiveness, but if my job is to reveal him, then I've got to do what he did, which is to love them while they are still my enemies. And that's hard to do. See, this is a heavier part of the prayer than we've ever given it. We, we just hear that. We just go, Father, forgive me for all those things as I'm probably doing that thing that you'd like me to do, but I'm probably not really doing that. But really, let's keep on forgiving me. No, this goes hand in hand. I am asking for forgiveness while I'm expected as a child of God to be walking in forgiveness with those that hurt me. Oh, but Pastor Chris, you don't know how bad this person hurt me. I love you enough to say, I'm sorry. I hate that that happened. I'm sorry that somebody's brokenness hurt you. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. But as a child of God, it's not about you anymore. It's not. It's not about you anymore. You have to forgive, not because they are worthy of it. You have to forgive because you have a job to do. And you're not of this kingdom anymore. You're of his kingdom. Remember, you declared, Father, I want to see your kingdom come, meaning your rule, your authority come in my life. And part of that is forgiving those that have hurt me. And there are Christians that have been in church for 30 years, 40 years, that have volunteered and given to missions and done all of these amazing things and yet still walk around with some bitterness to somebody that did something to you in your childhood, somebody that did something to you and you're still walking around and you still hate that person and there's still hate and, and malice in your heart to them. I am telling you, let it go. Forgive them. You have a job to do, child of God. And not only that, you are confusing to the world around you.
I beg you that you would let that thing go today. If you hear nothing else that I'm about to teach, I beg you that you would let that thing go today. Whatever that pain is and whatever that hurt is, I would pray that you would let that go. It's long enough. It's long enough. You have a job to do, a holy job, child of God. Let's keep going. Are you still with me today? Okay. I love this. I love this. And we, we jump down to the last part in verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I love this. This phrase sometimes, when we talk about um, delivering us and, or leading us not from temptation, it's, it's almost from this mindset as if, as if Jesus can, can, has the ability and the authority to keep the enemy at bay. And so we are asking him, Father, my prayer is, is lead us not into temptation. Father, lead us not into that where we are weak. Father, if please, Father, if it be your will, and, and I have to walk through something and trust your strength, but Father, keep me from temptation. Not only in my own life, but Father, keep the enemy from coming into my life and tempting me with that which I am weak at. Father, protect me in that. Do you know you have... You can request that. Some of us are still stuck in sin over and over again. And maybe you just have not said, Father, can you just hide me for a bit until I'm strengthened in that area? Can I just hide in you? That's not weakness. That's intelligence. That's strategic. That's, that's strict. That's amazing battle plans. Father, I'm weak, I'm weak on this front. I'm weak on this front, so can I just rest in you and you strengthen me up and mature me up so that temptation would not grab me and I would not be weakened. Then I love this last part where he says, and deliver us, right? Deliver us from the evil one. There is, there is a plan against you, whether you know it or not or whether you are. It's amazing how quickly we will assume that that there are angels in heaven and a God in heaven, yet as if there is no devil in hell that wants to trip you up and to mess with you. And not just trip you up. He wants to steal everything from you, kill the plan of God in you, and destroy you to your very root. You, God might take your soul, but he wants to destroy everything about you that could be used of God. Trust me, he is not playing fair. He's not playing fair. It's not a fair fight. But we can sit there and say, and I love this, and he says, end on this, but deliver us from the evil one. I love this in Psalms, and let's just go there, and we're going to just land here in Psalms 141. I'll wait till you get there, because I do want you to see this. This is a beautiful prayer. The whole passage, I just want to focus on verse 1 through 4 and 8 through 10 just real quick. In verse 1, it says this. It says, I call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May, may the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard. I love this. This, is, this prayer just, it just goes lockstep with this. Set a guard over my mouth. Right? Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep me, keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil so that I take part in the wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat their delicacies. 
I love that. David's sitting here and praying, Father, protect me from that which you know that I'm weak. He's, he's crying out. This is his prayer, right? And, he, and Jesus is he's just saying right along this, this, this is what we should be praying. Father, protect me where I'm weak. Protect me from stepping into that which I could fall into. There are things that my eyes, guys, listen, we are, I, as long as I am bound up in this flesh, there is going to be the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and, and, the, and, and the envy of my eyes. Like, I'm going to want this stuff. It's going to be there. But Father, protect me. Close my mouth. Protect my heart. Protect, slap my hand for reaching out and grabbing that cake that I want, right? And I'm, I'm not actually talking about cake. I'm talking, it's family Sunday. Let's just call it cake. But Father, keep me, shut me down from this. Father, I, I, I need your help in this. And then he goes on in verse 10, or starting in verse 8, he says, but my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. And I take what? Refuge. Do not get me over to death. Keep me safe from the traps set by evildoers. From their snares they have laid for me. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by in safety. You need to be praying that. Father, Father, deliver me from the evil one. Protect me from myself. Protect me from my evil desires. Protect me from that which would tempt me. And then also, Father, everything that the enemy would lay a snare everything that he would put a trap. Father, I pray that the enemy would fall in his own trap. You know, something that I pray over this church and over my own life and over your lives all the time is I pray this all the time. Father God, I pray that you hide us from the enemy. Father, I pray that every wicked scheme of the enemy that is trying to come against my friend Ryan, uh, my friend Gabe, my, my wife Sonia, my son crew, every wicked game that's been sent, every, every strategic plan that's been sent, Father, I pray that it gets lost and confused and we're hidden in you and you can't find us and you can't find them and that they are found safe in you, God. I pray that over you guys all the time and myself. Because we have a job to do, and I want to see us do it to the fullest and finish the job that we were called to do and run the race that we were called to run with fire and, 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 and passion and zeal. I want us, and I don't want us to spend time. Guys, we don't have time to spend the next 20 years dealing with our own mess and our own junk and our, oh, I've got to deal with this problem. And this. Man, I don't want to deal with this. I want all those things to be off so that I can run the race set before me. And shake off all those things and all the sin that so easily ensnares me. Fixing my eyes where? On the author and the perfecter of my faith. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds familiar. The Bible, teaching the Bible. Isn't this good? Guys, this is for those of us in this room that maybe have struggled for years. How do I pray? I don't know how to pray. You know how many times I've sat down with men that have just said, well, I don't know how to pray. He says it right here. This is how you should pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my, my daily bread. Forgive me of my sins and as I forgive others. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And I pray that in my own words, 
and in my own voice and in my own pattern of my own life. And this is the prayer that helps me walk in that Mark chapter 8. If I'm going to be his disciple, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow him. This, this keeps me on that road. Do you hear me today? Man, I hope this helps us. Boy, what a good day. What a good day to be saved. Thanks for joining. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.